PJ Duran, Scott Casper with you. Our producers include Jack and Leanne DeLeon, the dynamic duo. Uh, and, and what they're doing right now, by the way, uh, just to update you, is they are looking for their favorite cut from a previous show. Okay, so at the end of this hour, you will hear, uh, a, a, perhaps, maybe you will rehear it, but an interview from a previous show that they found uh, to be, uh, what do you call it, entertaining, educating. Witty. What? Witty. Witty, yes. That's one of those terms. By the way, was, Rodney, was Rodney Smith not just... Uh, just outstanding. He's a legend of the sport, and working with Beta, I got to think, is an exciting job to have. The they really are a, not altogether new, but a, a definitely a growing and a, a company making their mark on the racing. Well, scene. now you sell Beta, okay? absolutely, and I personally own one. Do you really? Absolutely. Okay, so if if I was to ask you, and this is probably a, a personal and professional question, um, price wise. Bike to bike to bike, brand to brand to brand. Where do they? Where do they? Uh, how do they sit? Uh, they're, I would say, as a rule, if you average it, they're a few hundred dollars under a KTM, maybe more, like five or eight hundred dollars under a KTM. Wow. And similarly, more than a Yamaha, our our next competitor. You know, we have three valid off-road brands in our showroom, and. You know, the you, Japanese bikes generally are most price competitive. That's where they win the battle, KTM. Well, it's, I think it's quantity of production, right? Absolutely. And and KTM puts for the price, as does Beta, they put some products, uh, suspension products and things of that nature that are substantially higher end in the on the bikes. So you're getting some value. KTM, their motto is ready to race right off the showroom floor, and they legitimately are, and the same argument could be made for beta, ready to race right off the floor. How difficult is it, PJ, your estimation here per, uh, pr professionally, um, how difficult is it to win a works series race, let alone seven of them? I can only imagine that that is staggeringly difficult to do. And is it equipment? Is it is it style? Is it uh, it's everything? Training? I mean, you got to have a team. It's the rider. It's the machine. It's the team behind the rider to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Our next guest has won just that uh, seven times. He's been on the podium. He won the 2017 AMA National Hare and Hound Championship as well. He joins us now. Just and let me see if I can do this. I don't. They don't often let me push the buttons here, but let me see if I can bring our, our next guest on, Gary Smith. Gary, can you hear me? Gary, are you there? I know. I can see him. I think he's here. Looks like he's on hold right now. Leanne. There uh, you try hitting it again? Or yeah, no? I, I, try, I tried down this twice, and I if I think if I hit it one more time, We're gonna drop I'll him. probably hang up. And we don't want to hang up on him. Gary, I bet you can hear us weird, <laughs> diligently efforting to get you live on our air. I'll tell you what. Let me do a promo real quick or, or, while, while Jack is obviously run to the restroom or someplace or else. I could do our uh, two-wheeled updates, okay, too. Okay, Gary, do me a favor. Uh, hang on. Let's go to uh, PJ Duran with our two-wheeled update. Gary. Oh, well, I will just from the world of road racing, Phillip Island MotoGP happened this weekend. Maverick Vinales comes out of uh, comes out of the the clouds finally, and he's he's A top of the podium. Name, by the way. He yeah. came out of the clouds. Maverick uh, won the race. Iannone in second, Dovizioso in third. 
Big news was Marquez DNF. Unfortunately, what was up with that? Uh, he got rear-ended. T- two bikes came together, racing incident, but uh, significant enough damage to his bike as well as uh, the gentleman he collided was with. Was there a penalty or no? No penalties. It was a racing incident. They were fighting over the same piece of ground, and uh, realistically, neither one of them intended to hit the okay. other guy. But it happened. So we've got two more rounds, Sepang, this weekend uh, from Malaysia. And I'm then excited about Sepang. I am as well. And the end of the season for MotoGP will be November the 18th in Valencia. And the World Superbike season ended on Friday night from Cutter with Ray, then Sykes, then Lowe's. That was race one. Sykes Ray- took second? Sykes took second. Ray, okay. of course, was the title winner. This was the last weekend of racing. And unfortunately, Friday night was the last night of racing as the due to a rain, freak rain and sandstorm, they canceled race two. There was no race <laughs> two on. in World Superbike. Rain and sandstorm? That's what they said. And they called the race. They let the super sports go out and said, hey, these bikes have too much power. We are un unwilling to let our riders go out and get hurt uh it, there was standing water things of that nature so the racing body said we're not going to race last night's event was the end of the season see you next year okay so let's just go back up the truck here just for a minute rain and sand uh, yes i have to believe there was a lot of wind to make that a, a combination event but in cutter the track is surrounded by sand i don't even know where cutter is where is cutter? uh it's like the uae in that area you know united uh, arab Emir- emirates yes absolutely okay. losail right. cutter is the the losail is the name of the circuit cutter is the name of the province or city i guess uh, would be the better term and, and that and that type of a track i've got to believe that you need to uh, either blow it or or what brush it uh they they keep uh they have f1 races there moto gp races there world superbike races there this is normal uh it's always windy it's always a little sandy at the beginning of sessions and then the track clears they have astroturf all the way around it as grass certainly wouldn't grow in the desert where the track is situated they have astroturf which supposedly does somewhat of a job trapping uh blowing sand, sand as yeah. it crosses the track but Apparently they had a freak rainstorm, which is was enough to they they probably don't have the greatest drainage as they don't have a lot of rainstorms. So they had standing water, no racing. Wow, Gary Sutherland, our guest. Uh, Gary, have you ever been caught in a freak rainstorm? You know, I, why can't I figure? What Jack? Can you please put our guest on the air? Okay, I've only been waiting for seven minutes. <laughs> Gary, are you there? Looks like you were there. Oh, we thought we had him. You on, are you with us, Gary? Jack, can you do me a favor? Um, dump off and then and, and, and call Gary or at least confirm that he is literally on the show. Mike, we we've we've had a bit of a challenge there. We'll get back with him though. We've I've, had a really good show up to this had, point. Hey, I don't. Sometimes technical issues happen. As a mechanic, I'm used to it. It's part of my <laughs> life. It's part of my DNA. At Hicklin, Hicklin Power Sports. I, I, I absolutely expect things to go wrong, and knowing how to fix them is, <laughs> okay. Jack, is part of life. Jack says we have our guest on line twelve. Nice job, Jack. What did we move him from line one? Uh, Gary Sutherland. Gary, have you ever been part of a freak rainstorm or or some kind of a, oh, what do you call it, a, a weather incident that either caused the cancellation of a race or adjusted your race, uh, race pattern? This is a really good question, and I don't know why. 
Gary, are you there? I got a really good answer. Can you hear me? <laughs> we got you now, buddy. Thank you for oh, being so yeah, patient out of, with yeah, us. Yeah, we're out of time. Thank Sorry. you for being patient. <laughs> no, I've, I've only answered the question a couple times now. I'm like, no way, can you hear me? Uh, no, it's funny. Uh, I actually did get stuck in a hail lightning storm at a Heron Hound. Really? At about mile 80. It had about 20 miles to go, and it was all like nasty sagebrush. We were up in Utah, and... It was just lightning. Like, we literally rode by, like, one of those lightning tower things. And sure. it was just, like, big old hail. And, I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no, like, calling the race at that point. You're just you're trying to get to the finish. And I actually ended up winning that race. But I was so scared because, like, the the hail was taking all the markers and beating all the arrows off. So I, wow. I got to a point you just were seeing sticks. I'm like, all right, well, following sticks is good <laughs> enough, I guess. Yeah, you, so. you can hope it's good enough. Gary, uh, congratulations on a good season. Right. What's your next season looking like? Are you back at it in the work series? Yeah, you know, we just wrapped up the work series uh, this last weekend, and uh, yeah, just trying to gear up for 2019 right now. We, uh, you know, with out on the West Coast, they don't really give us a lot of time you know, to get things figured out and switch back over into the, you know, the next season. So playing a little, you know, just quick trying to figure out what I'm doing and Next year, definitely going to contest works and uh, big six next year. And you said big six. Uh, can you enlighten uh, myself at least on what big six is? Yeah, big six is like uh, it's like it's, they call it. It's a GT series on the West Coast, and it's grown huge in the last few years. And uh, it's basically higher speed um, than like a let's say a works race or um, anything like that. So it's it's faster, high speed, um, similar locations to work, but uh, an hour and a half race is not two hours, so a little different. Um, but they've been growing in popularity, and a lot of uh, there's a lot of amateur racers that race it, and so it's been getting traction. So uh, they're starting to get the pros and some of the uh, manufacturers involved. So it's a pretty good series. Is that? A- Pardon my uh, comparison if it's not an accurate one. Something like sprint enduro. Um, no, like so it's still it's still based off of like a one and a half hour race. So it's not so you're not doing like time. Okay, like a not sprints, scramble style. Yeah, not sprints. But they do have. Um, there is a couple of sprint series that are coming out to the West Coast this fall, this following year. So that ought to be interesting as well gonna put my mic on um how are you scored uh for big six it's just a transponder and it's just uh it's like kind of like a motocross start it's but with a flag so there's no gate so it's a flag start sometimes dead engine and okay just full on full on race basically a sprint for an hour and a half so you're you're dyed in the wool west coast uh racer that's clearly i mean where works is based are you do you do you do any indoor racing at all? I mean, have you looked at or have any interest in enduro cross the season that's ending this weekend and in Boise? Yeah, you know, I actually did enduro cross for about seven or eight years. I did it through the early about from two thousand nine all the way up until a few years back when I rode for KTM and uh, you know KTM. I'd always I did all the X Games. Right. Um, I got some podiums. It's one of those things where. You know, I was winning desert races, and so KTM had their endurocross guys, and they were like, hey, we want you to focus on what you're really good at. You know, we already have our endurocross guys, so 
I kind of stopped doing the series. And uh, I did one last year just for fun. And, you know, I might end up doing one maybe one or two next year. We'll just see. But, um, unfortunately, those guys have turned it into such a, you know, everybody's got their own practice track. And, you know, Cody and Colton are on a totally different level right now. So They really uh, are, aren't they? Yeah, we were, we were talking to Ty Tremaine earlier, and he was saying the same. He's like, yeah, it's just the sport has progressed to the point where it really is specialized training, specialized riders, and and really good ones at that. Yeah, and, you know, back in the day, like, I had a track. Like, I was training, doing all that stuff. But on top of that, I'm trying to do works and other other off-road races. So it's like where these guys are just dedicating their entire season to extreme riding and drill across and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's hard to juggle two or three things at once. So um, I try to just focus on where I can make the most money and what I'm good at. And I mean, I, I still enjoy enduro cross and still would love to do it here and there. But man, it's, to be to be competitive, you got to devote your whole your whole year to it. It's it's its own discipline now, and, and we see it in every form of uh, motorcycle racing, road, off road. Flat well, track, for that matter. I mean, every sport. But the days of forty years ago, the the AMA national champion competing in every every form of racing. That those days are just long gone. And well, back then you raced because you loved it. Now you race because it's well, part of your lifestyle. Uh, and they and they raced for the same reasons: make a paycheck. And if you could make a paycheck at uh, four different types of racing, you would. But uh, yeah. And, exactly. and now everybody's uh, everybody's so good at each one of those. It's that's a lot of transport time to get to a race. If you're not going to make gas money home, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's where you got to start figuring out. Like, okay, well, I got bills to pay, and you know, we all, you know, you're doing it when it's your job. Unfortunately, kind of kind of sucks in one sense because, like, even this year, like I won the Heritage Championship last year. I ended up not even competing in one Heritage this year. Um, just the way that's got to be tough, uh, not defending your title. Yeah. Well, you know, just last year at the end of last season, I had a three year contract with the team I was on and they ended up dropping me for financial reasons and they kept racing. They just didn't want to pay me. So I was scrambling and got a ride with Suzuki and, uh, unfortunately with just expenses and all that. And, uh, two sponsors I did pull together, uh, one of my main sponsors, Fred Hatch, he's a huge, big six guy and he's always raced it. So, we wanted to put our efforts in big six and still try and back up my works championship. So, you know, funding at the end of the day is trying to do three series on the West coast, just uh, resources with bikes and parts and money. Just, it wasn't going to cut it. So kind of was a bummer to see that, you know, not be able to defend it, but Gary Sutherland, our guest, uh, in this season, Gary finished fourth in the overall standings of the work series with four podium finishes. Now folks, I don't know if you understand how difficult that is or what kind of an accomplishment that is, but uh, that is demanding. Um, you've got to be a super athlete in order to get it done. Most recently, he had a third-place finish October 26th at the work season finale, and uh, I'd say that was a pretty nice compliment to your season, just finishing third. Would you agree with that, Gary? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I had a good season going. I went to Mammoth, and I ended up breaking my foot. And ever since that, like, we came back and we uh, put a few bike problems. I actually was in second in points up until the last round, and I had a mechanical, and it basically took me from 10 points out of the championship to fourth. Like, there was no way for me to get any better. So 
that was kind of a big bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I ended up, we had an issue with my race bike, so I ended up racing a bone stock 2018 RMZ450, bone stock suspension, everything. And so we pitted with milk jugs. Uh, and uh it was i ended up passing for third in the last corner on the last lap and i ended up it was a little too aggressive but i took us both down and um but i got up and got that third place so that is impressive and uh suzuki loves sound bites like that when they hear that happens i'm sure uh as you know and it's good for your team uh nothing gets morale up like an underdog uh, making the podium yeah, and it's, it's just good to, you know, it's been a little rough for the last few weeks, you know, working on bikes and doing everything. And so to get back on the podium on the last round was a very uh, good way to end the season and, and push into next year. Isn't that, it's, it's kind of like going from natural gas, right? Going back to charcoal briquettes where you have to load up the charcoal with all the lighter fluid. And, and, yeah. you, and you love the smell, right? You love the smell. But, boy, wouldn't it be a whole lot easier just using the natural gas. Jack, do you do you use uh, natural gas or, or charcoal? I'm more natural gas. Are you? Uh, me, me as well, and uh, I happen to like it. What about you, PJ? I'm all charcoal all the time. Okay. And, and uh, Gary, in the pits – um, you know, between races and whatnot, are you using charcoal or natural gas or just a bag of uh, bread and some bologna? Mm, natural gas and, and that, you know, and some sandwiches. You know, I got, I have a seven-year-old, so there's always peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> got to have peanut butter and jelly if you got a seven-year-old. Okay, P, P, B, and, and J, right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's all right. right. And I got it pregnant fiance so there's definitely uh there's always snacks in our pit <laughs> they they all come to every race that's impressive wow yeah they uh they actually missed a couple um but they were there this this past weekend and uh, that's pretty cool but yeah so it's always and my daughter actually she raced the the seven to eight class this weekend really so. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, she she did good. She made improvements, so we were all happy and excited for her. And what is she riding? A uh, little KTM bike. A little KTM bike? 50. Yeah, a little 50, yep. 50 Adventure. Is yep. that is that what it is? You sell them, right? At, yep. At Hicklin Power Sports. 50 Adventure. Sure. Well, look, uh, it's always good to talk to Gary. I'm, I'm grateful that you took the time to uh, uh, rejoin us on the program. But um, no congratulations on a... Uh, you know, a lot of folks out there may go, well, he didn't finish in first, okay? But what I look at is what you accomplished along the way. You're an outstanding racer and a great champion uh, in your own right, and we uh, and we appreciate the work you put into your program and what you put into racing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. I really do. There we go. Give- oh, wishing you a better next year with a few less of the snafus that you had. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good to me. That's that's the plan. What does uh, snafu stand for? Do you know? I don't believe it's appropriate for the air. Is it situation normal all? Yep, that is. You're on it. Up like that. Yep. Okay, so I was, I was nailing it. You got it. <laughs> and notice, Jack, I did <laughs> self edit. He's getting uh, nervous there. The edit <laughs> button's right there. I wish we had an edit button. Make Jack's life a lot easier, right, Jack? Yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Gary. Appreciate the time. Quick time out. This portion of our show brought to you by The Fly Wall at flyracing.com. Go to flyracing.com. Put your pictures up if they're approved. 
They'll be going on the fly wall where all of the rest of the wrestling fans, excuse me, racing fans, can check out your favorite picks. It's all at flyracing.com. Stay tuned back after this. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. 